the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's with the help of folks like yourself that Derek Rear Ministries can bring God's life-changing and impactful gospel to over 100,000 people around the world each week. Please consider partnering with Derek Rear Ministries to help spread God's message even further via radio, television, and the internet. Getting started is easy. Go to DerekGreer.com. That's DerekGreer.com. And select the green Donate button at the top right of the screen. Thank you and God bless. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the word overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching. Today we're going to focus on the fact that uh, he was wounded, that we might be healed. And uh, we're going to, eventually we're going to go to Isaiah 53, which has really been the text for this entire series. But uh, I want to say a few things before we go there, and actually I'm going to visit one place, and then we'll get to uh, uh, Isaiah Uh, 53, but Satan has sucked the life out of the truth that I'm going to teach today by making it a cold doctrine in certain circles. Uh, And uh, what happens is the church says, well, we believe that healing is part of the atonement, and they make it a doctrinal statement, and if someone's not healed, they feel condemned. And then when they feel condemned, guess what? You can't receive from God. It's very difficult to receive from God when you feel condemned. Condemned, And it becomes a very, very vicious cycle. So I want to look at a passage of scripture before we begin our study today. John chapter 3 and verse 21. So that the subtility of the adversary cannot uh, sneak in here and sit on your shoulder as we minister these truths. Uh, we took a breakthrough Sunday uh, service and spent some time on this, but I'm just going to kind of race through it. John 3 and 21. John is speaking by the Holy Spirit and Let me do this. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. We come to receive from you. You, Your word says you sent your word and healed them, meaning all we need is your word in our hearts to receive healing. So right now, receive your word such that we can receive healing. In Jesus' precious name, and we all say amen. Amen. John 3 and 21. This is, I'm going to be very quick here. But this is a very, very practical thing that if you get this insight, this is probably one of the foxes that have been ruining your vine. Uh, This can change your life. He says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. We discover from this passage we cannot feel condemned and have confidence at the same time. Condemnation undermines confidence. 
Condemnation is not just a little thing that every now and then I speak on. It's a major issue in the Bible. Condemnation is the Antichrist or the opposite, if you will, of justification. Justification is a huge subject in the New Testament. So condemnation undoes, if you will, or is the undoing or the anti uh, justification, condemnation. Dear friends, if our hearts, what, condemn us, if do, does not condemn us, we have what? Confidence before God. Is that what it says? And receive from him anything we ask. Okay. Now that statement doesn't really speak to us until we put it into the negative. Let's reverse that statement. Let's say it uh, again. It's the same truth, but it's stated negative. Negatively, if our hearts do condemn us, we have no confidence with God and we do not receive anything we ask. Did you catch that? Let me read it in the positive. Let me slow down. Okay. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask. That's the statement in the affirmative. But when we state it in the negative, the same truth. If our hearts do condemn us, we have no confidence with God. So if your heart is constantly beating you down, condemning you, you do not really have faith in God. Are you hearing me? And we do not receive anything we ask. The reason we do not receive from God often can be traced to condemnation. So when we make healing a doctrine, and it is a doctrine, but it, when it becomes a cold doctrine, it's just a statement that, that says this is what we believe, but it's not relational, it's not warm, God's not really breathed in it, it's just what we write people, we, we rightly discerned and, and divided the scripture, and we write people believe this, and, and God is a, a healer because we, we rightly interpreted scriptures. When it's cold like that, often you don't receive it because our relationship with God, yeah, there's the word, but, but we, we relate to God or have fellowship with God through the word. So there's a warmth that comes through the spirit of God, amen, when God's really in the truth we believe. And when we allow this doctrine again to become cold and, and we become rigid about it, uh, condemnation sets it. What we do is we often make it a law. You must be healed or you're not really walking with God. So what happens is pastors get sick in the body and they don't tell the church. And then they drop dead five years later. The church is not prepared. Half the people walk away because they, 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 they had preached for years the law of healing versus the relationship with the healer. So they hit it and it caused confusion. I have friends that have dropped dead. I had no idea they were sick. But because of, of this cold approach to this subject and the condemnation that uh, we allowed this, the Satan to bring in, havoc has been wrought in the church. Are you ready now to go to Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. By the time we're finished with this series, you're probably going to memorize much of Isaiah 53. And my prayer is that it burns into your memory. Verse 4, Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus, sees the cross more clearly than the eyewitnesses standing there because he sees it by the Holy Spirit. He begins verse 4 by saying, surely, certainly, certainly, definitely, absolutely, there is absolutely no question to this. 
Surely he, the coming Messiah, to him, Isaiah, but the identified Jesus to us, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Two words are used here for physical sickness and weakness. And by the way, sickness really speaks of, uh, uh, if we would categorize them today, sickness here uh, speaks of a disease, some type of ailment that uh, makes it difficult for you to to operate in life or an ailment that is eventually going to land you in the grave or leads to death. But weakness is a little bit different. Uh, a, a physical weakness may be an allergy. It doesn't kill you. I mean, but you, you, you can get by in life with these little allergies, but it is still a weakness. I get motion sickness on airplanes and, and boats. And often when I travel, you know, uh, to, to other nations, particularly over the uh, 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 Atlantic, you know, people think I'm moody. No, I am sick. <laughs> and and uh, no, it, 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 it's a sense of nausea that I often get when, when I fly. And uh, that is not really a disease, it's a weakness. And we find here, when we look more closely at these scriptures, and we would have to spend quite a bit of time to really do this in detail. So you're going to have to do some homework at home, and you can look more closely at these original Hebrew words. But when we look at them, it speaks of literal diseases and weaknesses. Asthma may not kill you. And yes, it may technically be a disease, but for some, it may more be more like a weakness because it's not stopping you. I guess severe asthma can be uh, something that, that can cause death, etc. But it says here, surely he took up our pain, our sickness, and bore our diseases or our suffering. Let's go to Isaiah 53, 4 in the Amplified Bible, and let's read it. The Amplified Bible says this. Surely he has borne our, by the way, he didn't bear his own, he bore ours, right? If it is ours, that means it belonged to us, right? He took what belonged to us and put it on himself. And hence, since he took it from us, it no longer belongs to us. It rightfully belongs to him if we really gave it to him at Calvary's cross, right? So the great exchange is us bringing to him all of our sins, all of our weaknesses, everything that's wrong with us, giving it to Jesus, saying, Lord, this no longer belongs to me, it belongs to you. Jesus takes it on himself, he pays the price for it, and everything good that uh, everything bad that uh, uh, was deserved uh, to us or should come to us comes on who? Jesus, and every good thing that's supposed to come to Jesus comes on who? Us. That's the great exchange at Calvary. He says here, surely he has borne our griefs. The Amplified then explains this, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses. Anyone feel distressed every now and then? According to the Bible, Jesus took them from us. You see, we're not supposed to be worried because he's supposed to have taken our worries. That's why he says, be anxious for anything. I got this. Give it to me. And if you truly give the situation to him, it's no longer yours to be anxious about. And carried our sorrows and pains. Let's skip to verse 5. But he was pierced for our trans what? Aggressions. Now, this this is a, a powerful word. These are sins that we committed knowingly. Are you understanding me? Things we have absolutely no excuse for. Jesus 
board. He was pierced for our intentional sins. He was crushed for our what? Iniquity. Now, this term iniquity doesn't speak of the action as much as the character of the action. It speaks of that inward willingness or unwillingness to walk a straight line. It speaks really of our rebellion. Iniquity is that thing on the inside that says, I just will not do what I know is right to do. That's iniquity. He says he was crushed for our what? Iniquities. Every intentional sin you ever committed, Jesus had on his mind when he was bruised, when he was crushed on Calvary's cross. The punishment that brought who peace? Us peace. We benefited from Calvary. He paid the price. We received the what? Benefits. Just like a good father. He works 40 hours a week and the kids benefit from the shelter. The kids benefit from the the electricity being on. The, The kids benefit from the food brought in. Are you tracking with me? Jesus died so that we could receive every benefit that he has to offer. The punishment that brought us peace just like the parent slave, so the kids can freely go to school without anxiety and worry. Jesus, in that respect, has become our father. He's become our parent. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And next week, we'll talk about this uh, peace for punishment. And by his wounds, we are what? Healed. What type of healing is Isaiah talking about. He says here, he sees the cross and he sees it clearly. And he says, by the beating that Jesus has taken on his back, by the piercing on his hands, what is wrought in him produces something for us. And the description of that thing that's wrought for us is this term healed or healing. By his wounds, we are what? Healed. Now, many people say, well, yes, Jesus died so that we can be spiritually healed, spiritually made whole. Yeah, that's true, but that's only partly true. How many of you believe that Scripture is its own best commentary? Meaning, if you want to understand what the Scripture means, it's best to go to another Scripture. So you might have to put down Matthew Henry, you might have to put down Spurgeon, you might have to put down some of the the, the, the major fundamentalists that we listen to, or that you may listen to. And listen to what the word of God says. Matthew 8 and 16 is a commentary on Isaiah 53. So yes, there's a spiritual application. But if we're true to the word of God, the application foremost is not spiritual. It's physical. 8, 16 through 17. Are we in the word? When evening came, many who were demon possessed were brought to him. That's Jesus. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Scripture says that demons were cast out and all of the sick, no one in the meeting. That means we're having service today talking about healing and no one leaves here without the infirmity or the sickness in their body being recovered. Then he says this, verse 17, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. And then he reads it. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. He's quoting 
Isaiah 4 and 5. He's saying that the physical healing and demonic deliverance was the fulfillment of what Isaiah was talking about. So if you only spiritualize our healing, there's a truth there, but you miss really what the scripture was in trying, what was attempting to communicate. How many think Matthew was anointed by the Holy Spirit? How many think Matthew knew the Hebrew? How many think that the word of God is the word of God? So are you going to listen to a commentary or are you going to listen to scripture? Commentaries will tell you that we were spiritually healed on the cross. But Matthew tells us by the Holy Spirit that the application that uh, by his stripes we're healed does not just relate to spiritual healing, but it relates to that singular meeting that Jesus had where he cast out demons with one word, not two or six, come out, come out, come out, one word, and everyone in the room was healed. So we understand from Isaiah... We understand from the application in Matthew that at the cross of Jesus Christ, he did not only pay for our sins. Thank God that he who knew no sin became sin, that we could become the righteousness of God. Thank God for that. If only that happened, I'd be okay. But according to the scripture, he not only bore our sins, he bore our sicknesses and our diseases. Every wound in his body, every bruise he felt was such that we could, the Bible says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's the end of the 91st Psalm. That's the promise. You see, I'm not yet satisfied with my life, so I don't plan to die. So if sickness comes, and certainly it will, I have to stand on the word of God and say, listen, surely he bore my infirmities. Surely he took my, until I'm through, I'm not leaving here. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. How many want to see salvation? Yeah. See, yeah. I don't want to just hear about it. I don't just want by and by one day. I want him to show me salvation in the here and now. Physical healing is a proof of the ultimate healing. Salvation you can't see. See, right now in the church, we believe in salvation. Thank God. You know, folks, you know, you, you could preach a message and, and everyone will, will believe, you know what, I'm, I'm saved. But when it comes to healing, it's different. But you know, when Jesus ministered, it was different. You see, there was a, uh, he was ministering in a house and this guy came through the roof of the ceiling and uh, they dropped him in. And then Jesus said to the man, he said, your sins are forgiven. And everyone got mad. He said, he blasphemes. How dare he say only God has the prerogative to say that a man's sins are forgiven. How could he say such a thing? And then what Jesus said, he said, listen, I'm going to, and then I'm going to paraphrase. To prove that his sins are forgiven, rise up and walk. So the proof to the invisible salvation was the man being healed of his infirmity. Are you hearing me? So in Jesus' day, they didn't believe in forgiveness, but they could embrace healing. Today, we believe in forgiveness of sin as Christians, but we fight against the subject 
of healing. But Jesus said, listen, and, and basically they were saying, well, okay, Jesus, you can't prove that his sins are forgiven. So he said, listen, I'm going to do something provable, measurable, something physical that you could see now to prove the invisible. So today in God's mind, healing of the body is still a divine proof or sign of our visible salvation. So if we are truly born from above, if we are truly part of a kingdom that's not of this world, right now we're talking about, uh, they call it Obamacare, but I want to talk about Jesus care. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, in Obamacare, he wants everyone in the nation to be covered. Now, I'm not saying I'm for or against. I'm not doing that here. You hear what I'm saying? But let me tell you what I am absolutely for is Jesus care. Where everyone in the kingdom is covered. There's no pre-existing conditions. You come to Christ with a crooked foot. It's like, well, you know, uh, since you came to me that way, I'm not responding. No, no, no. You come with a crooked foot, a crooked mind, a crooked lifestyle. You're hearing me. There's no pre-existing condition that Jesus will not fix. In his can- Is there anyone in this room part of the kingdom of God? Are you going to let President Obama outdo your Jesus? This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities. And watch what Matthew's interpreting, what we read in Isaiah, and bore our diseases. The Messiah was supposed to bear diseases. The second greatest sign of Jesus' ministry, the first was casting out demons. But the second proof of him being Messiah was the healing of disease. So if you embrace the Messiah, what should happen in your life? You should be devil free and disease free. But don't hear that as condemnation. Please, you make a mess of it. You hear me? But the purpose of his coming was to set us free in every single area of our life. Someday I will die. At some point, I'm not going to be healed lest Jesus comes before I do die. And let, let me tell you this again. I, don't, I, I plan to be here till I'm finished. I don't know if it's 59. I don't know if it's 89, but I'm going to be here till I'm done. And when I'm done, only then I'll, I want to be in a position of Apostle Paul. You know what? I'm betwixt the two, whether I should stay or whether I go to be as from the body to be present. You know, but it's better for, 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 for me if I go. But listen, there's some things I have to do on the earth. So he actually decided to stay. And that was the, in the mind of the Apostle Paul, and my prayer is that we step to the same level. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 and 24. Are we in the word? Years ago, I was in my 20s, and I got this revelation because I had read all the commentaries. And, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 you know, 200-year-old commentaries about that passage in Isaiah, and they were all saying it was spiritual healing. So I was like, you know what, maybe this physical healing is, is not right. My, my faith was uncertain. But when I finally read Matthew, I was able to put all the commentaries down. And I said, the word of God is the word of God. And I was, I was pigeon-toed all of my life. I walked like this. And, um, uh, you know, when you're young, it's, it's, it's okay. But as you get older, um, it, you know, it, it wasn't something I was proud of. And everywhere I walked, I, I walked like this. And I remember when I got the, the, the revelation, it just rose up in my spirit. You know, by his stripes, I, I am healed. He took my infirmities. He took my weaknesses. He bore my diseases. And, and I stood up in my room and I looked down and I shouted at my feet. 
And, and, and I, I told my feet, be straight. And I, that wasn't profound. But all I said was, straighten up. And suddenly my feet went like this. And for the rest of my days from, I don't know, maybe 22, I don't remember my age, to the present, I walk with straight feet. But it was based on this, this scripture hit me like, like lightning. Let me tell you something. I am not someone preaching healing because it's something that I need to do this Sunday. It's something I've experienced. I've been healed from three major diagnosed sicknesses or illnesses or diseases, if you will. Now, I've been, I can't count the number of times that God's healed me, whether from the flu or some minor things. But I had a pilonidal cyst that was about this long that I don't know. It was terrible. Uh, I had about four or five surgeries. It absolutely, the doctor's basically given up. And he said, listen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cut you one more time. If it's not healed after this, you're just going to have to live with this disease. I was scheduled uh, for surgery on Friday. But Tuesday, something happened, and I knew it. You just know when it finally happened. You know that you know that you know. Thank you for joining us today. Tune in again next time as we continue this classic teaching with Bishop Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Are you a Christian leader, entrepreneur, or lifelong learner seeking to unlock your leadership potential? Dr. Derek Greer's Renaissance Leadership Network provides you with biblical principles and practical life lessons from top leaders, influencers, and experts across the world. It's time to remove limitations and start seeing world-class measurable results in your ministry, business, or otherwise. Go to rlnleadership.com and register for our next free monthly leadership session. That's rlnleadership.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.